Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. It'd be better for you to submit to his bad decision. Let him sit in the soot of that bad decision. He'll make a better decision next time, I promise. He'll think a lot harder next time. Some women don't let their men become the leaders God's going to make them because you never submit. So he never gets to feel the sting of making a bad decision that affects everybody in the household. So, you know, he he's just a bad leader 10 years into the marriage as he was 10 years ago because you've never given him the reins. And so God says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Wives, submission is challenging, but you know what makes it even harder? When you see the choice your husband has made is the wrong one. Today, Pastor Bill shares that even when this happens, you still need to submit. If you always fix the situation, your husband will never have the chance to be corrected by the Lord. Men will take God's punishment and correction a lot better than if you were the one doing the correcting. If a wife constantly overrules her husband, he will never have the opportunity to become the leader the Lord desired. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Marriage and the Family. He was afraid that when the Egyptians saw her in Genesis chapter 20, I think the other one is in chapter 12, yeah. They went down to Egypt and on two different occasions, he said, you so fine, Sarah, they gonna see you and kill me to take you into their harem. So what we gonna do is, it's a partial truth, but a half truth is a what? Lie. A whole lie, amen. And so we gonna say, you're my sister. And, and, that, and she submitted to his foolery in that regard. And both times they saw her. she must have really been something, you know, for 80 years. Old, I ain't never seen an 80 year old that, you know, that God got to have her right now. Get rid of me. No, no, you know, no, no shade on my older ladies. But uh, they they got there and she, you know, she was taken into the harem immediately. And in both cases, right, God didn't let her be touched. And, and Abram was rebuked. He was corrected. She didn't get touched. Because God says, no, she's going to have a child by him, supernaturally, named Isaac. That's coming. And Satan's trying to mess up my program, sticking her in harems where these other men that want her. But one king got woke up in a dream, told everybody in your household is going to die if you don't get her out of here now. And they, the, the king said, man, what are you doing? Why did you do this to me? The other time they saw, he, they saw him kissing her and said, I saw you kiss. That's not your sister. And, you know, why did you bring this reproach upon us? And so in both cases, God didn't allow her to be touched. Abraham got rebuked. She was kept safe. She submitted. And so now, you know, I don't know if you women would submit to that. Now you end up in a harem and, you know, but I just want you to see that if you submit to your husband as unto the Lord, then God will deal with your husband, not you. It's not for you to deal with your husband. It'd be better for you to submit to his bad decision. Let him sit in the soot of that bad decision. He'll make a better decision next time, I promise He'll think a lot harder next time. Some women don't let their men become the leaders God's going to make them because you never submit. So he never gets to feel the sting of making a bad decision that affects everybody in the household. So, you know, he he's just a bad leader 10 years into the marriage as he was 10 years ago because you've never given him the reins. And so God says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And I love that God does this in this section of Ephesians. He gives these qualifiers. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. How, Lord? As unto the Lord. How are you supposed to submit to the Lord, ladies? Say that loud. And everything, right? Every, I mean, you submit to the Lord, it's, 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 it's complete. God, I mean, is there any area where you don't submit to the Lord? 
No, there shouldn't be. And so God says, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Now, I don't, you know, again, I don't know every marriage here and I don't know what that looks like in every household. But I would suggest to you that if you don't submit to your husband as unto the Lord, that it has some negative ramifications and repercussions in your marriage. And so I would encourage the wives. This isn't God suggesting. This isn't God saying you should try this. God says, this is what I command you to do as a Christian wife. Submit to him as unto the Lord. It's a, it's a step of faith for some of you. But faith and obedience is how we get the things that, as we get where God wants to take us. And so the qualifier is as unto the Lord. And I had this thought. A lot of times when we submit to God, we do it in faith. Right. Anybody had to submit to God in an area where I, I don't know how this could work, but I'm going to just do what God said do. Right. We submit to God in areas where it's in faith. I don't even see this doesn't make sense, Lord. This doesn't make this doesn't make good sense to me that I would do this. But that, if that's what you say, do I submit to you? And some of you women will have to submit to your husband in faith too, because not because you don't see, because you do see him, and you say, "Man, I don't see how this will work." But I'm gonna just in faith. You're gonna submit to your husband as unto the Lord. You're gonna do it in faith. Look at verse 23. It says, "For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is." head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. And so we get more kind of qualifications. Look, the husband is the head of the wife. Now, here's another word that men can misconstrue. When God says man is the head of the wife, he qualifies that. He says man is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. So think about how Christ is head of the church. Think about Christ's relationship with the church. Does he dominate the church? Is he harsh to the church? Think about, how, think about how Christ is to us. He's the head of us. Think of how good, how good is he to us. Even when we bad, he's good. Amen? Amen? He's a good leader. He's a sacrificial leader. And so we'll get to the men in just a minute. But when it says that the husband is the head of the wife, it doesn't mean like, like I'm the head and she's the tail. I'm the boss and you the employee. I'm the employer and you the employee. That's not what it means. That word head, it's, it, it literally, there's a, it's a word picture. There was in the Roman army, there was a guy whose job, he was the, they called him the point man. And this would be the guy, they were going into new dangerous territory. This is the guy that would go in first. So if there was ambush, if somebody was going to get killed, if there was going to be danger, he was going in first to take the hit. He's the head, right? The point man. He's the one going in. I'm going to, I'm going to receive danger first. And God says, that's, that's the husband. That's your role. When I, when it says I'm the head of my wife, I should be taking the hits. I shouldn't be sending my wife, you know, anybody here, if you're going into a dark place and people scared, any man that will say, babe, you go first. <laughs> Dang. Anybody here dating a man like that, you need to just, just, just drop him like a dead bag of flour. I mean, just drop that, you know. That's not acceptable, you know. When a husband is the head, that's what it means. It's not a domineering, chauvinistic sort of thing. It's really in a, a sacrificial sort of way, and we'll get more on that as we continue, but it's the husband going first. I'm the protector. I'm looking out for you. If somebody's going to be hurt, I'm going to be hurt first. If danger's coming, I'm going to take the hit first. I'm going to take it so you don't have to. And again, I'll, I'll get to you men in, in a moment, but I just want the women to understand that's what head means. Head doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't put you in a, in a bad place. It, put, it means that you're covered. It means that someone's covering you, someone's protecting you, someone's looking out for you. And so I, I have to say at this point, men, if you're not providing that for your wife a covering, you need to repent that you're being a bad leader. 
Um, you, you're, you're not providing for her what, what, what Christ has called you to provide. We are to provide covering and protection uh, for our wives. They should feel secure under you. I could say more on that, but, you know, your wife should feel like if, if, if I'm somewhere and my husband's there, I don't have to worry. I'm taking care of it. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be covered. I don't have to say nothing. I don't have to do, you know, anything. My, my husband has me covered. And if not, if that's not the case, then men, you need to you need to re reestablish your footing. That's your role. Again, consider Christ. I was in trouble for my sins, but Christ stepped in on my behalf and your behalf. I took these ahead. That's why he's ahead. He took the hit for me. Uh, I deserve to be humiliated and shamed for the shameful things I've done. He took my shame, your shame. I deserve to be separated. He took the separation. I mean, he, in every way, Christ took the hit. Um, so I didn't have to, though I deserved it. Yes. And so with the wife, husbands ought to be the ones taking the hit. Amen, husbands? I need the husbands to amen that one. <laughs> so the wives like, amen, but y'all don't get to do it. They, I need the men to know that that's what y'all are supposed to do. So once again, for the husband is the head of the wife. As also, again, the qualifier, how am I the head of my wife? Same way Christ is the head of the church. And he says, and he is the savior of the body. Christ is the head in a way that saves us, right? He, he's over us in a way that benefits us. And husbands ought to be over their wives in a way that benefits them. Verse 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. That word subject is the same word in the Greek as the word uh, submit uh, earlier in the verse. You know, you know it's hupostaso. It's the same thing. Um, he says, now, therefore, just as the church is submitted to or subject to Christ, so let the wives be, and it says it again, to their own husbands and everything. And I would just say this, because it says it twice, I'm going to say it twice to you women. It's easier sometimes for you to submit elsewhere than to, to your husbands. But God called you to submit to come under your own husbands. It might be easier to submit to the boss at work who you got to be with for so many hours a day. It might be easier to submit to it's women that are submit to leadership in a church, but won't go home and submit to their husband. Um, that's not right. That's not OK. Um, God has called you to submit to your own husband. And so any woman here that that's a battle, that's an area where you're struggling, it's difficult. May I encourage you that it's, it is the will of God for you. That you would submit to your husbands. And, if, if, and this is something that I'm going to ask both people to do. Right? If you're a wife and you don't submit to your husband, then would you apologize to him? Would you, would you confess it to God because you need to be forgiven from the Lord? Would you tell your husband, I'm sorry. As I'm listening to what God is requiring of me, I realize I'm not. I've not been the wife. Never mind him. Never mind the wives. But between you and the Lord, if you know you've been sinning against the Lord in this way, would you repent before the Lord? Confess it to God, and will you tell your husband, I'm sorry. I've not, I've not done what God requires of me as a wife. I'm, pray for me. I'm, I'm going to do better beginning today. I'm going to submit this area to the Lord. And then after you say all that, then you do it. That's the most important thing. All right? Husband says, love your wives just as qualifier. How do I love my wife? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. And um, now... As much as a man needs, a man needs his wife to respect him and submit to him. That's how God made you. That's how my, God made men. We're supposed to lead. And so you don't want a wife kicking up against you, bucking against you, fighting with you, arguing with you. You want a wife to submit to you and roll with you. That's, that's what you, that's what most men, that's desirable. Most men don't want to be boxing and fighting with their wife. 
I hope none of you men are boxing with your wife, first of all. But, uh, you know, you, you want a wife that will just submit and yield, that you could lead. And so now for the husbands, though, God says, husbands, I want you to love your wives. And if, there's a, if the husband's need is to be respected and submitted to the wife's greatest need is to be loved. And I think it's important that God qualifies how to love them because I think if he didn't, you would have guys that would be getting it wrong. I told her I love her every day. That's not we're gonna look at what these we're gonna look at what the word love means. So I'm gonna let you know right up front, love is not was not love is not spoken, right? Love is an action. It's it's something you do. And so in the Greek, there are a few different kinds of love. In our English, you know, language, we use the word love for a lot of different things. You know, I love the Lakers. I love you know these this kind of food. I love peanut butter jelly sandwiches. You know, uh, I love my wife, and, and obviously you know it. it they have different meanings. And so um, in the Greek, they had more specified words for different things. And so you had phileo love, which is more of a, a friendship love, a reciprocal love. I love you because you love me. Anybody here that has friends, the, the cool thing with friendship is like I, you love me and I love you. You know, I was thinking of the Barney song, you know, but uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's real reciprocal. And so you have a friendship where, hey, I, the, why do I, well, I love you because you love me? You know, I, I'm good to you because you're good to me. It's a reciprocal kind of thing. And so if you stop loving me, do me wrong, guess what? I don't like you no more neither. So go on then. You know, that, that's, that's phileo. And so God didn't say love your wife like that, right? Because that, that's what some husbands are, you know. I love her when she does what I want her to do. I love her when she's good to me, but then you didn't do what I wanted you to do, so I'm gonna let you gonna feel some cold shoulderism this week, you know, whatever. And that's that's not the love God is calling us. Then there's Thorge, which is affection. It's like the love you have for your parents or your siblings, just an affectionate love and just being gentle and just oh, I love you, I care about you, yeah, yeah. That, that's not what God is calling for husbands to be. Then there's Eros, romantic, sensual love. And so there guys, I do love you, you know, and smack her on the butt, you know, and then I told her I love her all the time. You groping her and grabbing on her and guys, that's, that's not what I'm calling for either. When God says husbands love your wife, he used the word agape. It's the God kind of love, the way God loves you. It's a no strings attached, unconditional love. Nothing you did to earn it, nothing you can do to mess it up. I just love you, period. Right. How does God love us? Period. On every day, the same. On a day when you woke up early, had devotions, read the word and evangelized every lost person you saw. God loves you just the same that day as on the day you woke up late, didn't read your Bible and sinned against five people in a row. Right. <laughs> same. He just love God loves you, period. God says, husbands, love her like that because she needs to be loved like that. She needs you. She needs to know that on her best day and her worst day, just the same. This man loves me. And this love is not a it's an emotional love. It's a love that is chosen. You choose to love in this way, right? When God chose to love you and me, the Bible said there was nothing lovely about us. Romans 5 eight said God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, while we were disobedient to him, Christ loved us. So that means that husbands, if you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church, not just when she's being all good and everything else, but on her bad days, that's the day where it really counts. On that day, are you, and again, this love is active. This is not a love where I told her I loved her. No, no, no. That, that won't get it. That won't, that won't get agape. What if Jesus had looked at the cross and said, I love y'all? No, he had to be up on that cross. <laughs> love was, love took action. Love, love was, his love was dying for us. He took, he, he took the nails. That was love. That was him saying, I love you this much. I'm dying in your place. I'm doing this for you. 
Biblical love, agape love, is always demonstrated in action. But it's demonstrated in action, desire, nothing. God said, look, I died for everybody. And some people receive it and some people don't. But he died for you just the same, right? Nothing you did to deserve it. You know, he just, he did that for you. And so husbands, love your wives. And so I would just say to every husband, if you're listening to this and saying, I don't love my wife like this. I'm some, I'm real sometimesy with the love. I love her when I love what she's doing. And I don't love her the rest of the time. If your wife is not convinced that this man is in love with me, then you're not doing a good job. Anybody here ever doubted the love of God for you? How could you? How could you look at the cross and doubt his love? You know he loves you, right? Husbands, that's, you need to love your wife in such a way. To me, it would be utter failure if my wife ever said to me, Bill, do you love me? Oh, man. Knife's in my chest. That would mean I am failing. I'm not, you don't know I love you? You ain't, you not, you don't know I'm just stupid in love with you? Like, you not, that would be saying to me, you have failed. I, I don't, I got to ask because I'm not sure. And so any husband, if you, if you hear that regularly, husband, do you love me? Do you love me? You know, you don't want to hear that. You want her to just know, you, you want her to just be stupefied with just the, the, um, the you, I know he loves me. Same way me and you know, we know Christ loves us. That's how come you can always come back to him. That's how come you can, we come before him. We, even when we're dirty, we know we can come back. How come? Because I know he loves me. And I know his love is active. It's not temporal. It's not, it's not based on anything else. There's no strings attached. He just loves me, period. And so, husband, that's the call of God for us. I want to impress this point because I think this is where a lot of things fall apart. I think at this first point, um, if a husband's not doing this, then all the other stuff that he's called to do, right? He's called to love her with this kind of love. And then it's going to tell us to wash her with the word and, and nurture her and do all these other things. And so, you got a husband that's not loving his wife the right way, and she ain't really trying to hear nothing he got to say anyway. Now, I'm not saying that that's right, but I'm saying it contributes. It contributes to things being broken. And so if you're a single Christian woman and, you know, you're talking to a man or whatever, and I think single Christians need to know these things, too, because most single Christians are waiting to be unsingled. And so I just want you to be able to I want you to be able to, you know, observe a good candidate. Is this, a, is this man love? You know, if even if you're in the stage where you're getting to know each other, you're going to have some bad days. How does this man behave toward me when I'm not having my best day? You know, and I'm telling you, men, if there's a time to store credits in, your, in the love bank, it's when they're having bad times. That's when that's when you get the love on them. And they just when they come out of whatever they're in. Now, I don't want to be offensive, but, you know, women have things that happen in their bodies, you know, on a regular you know, cycle and they go through chemical imbalances and they trip out. And if, if you can weather that lovingly, when they come out of it they, and they look back at how crazy it is, you just lost. Oh, so I love you. You're so good. You just gave me chocolates and cookies and all, oh, you know, that's an opportunity to just store it up in the bank. Right now, if you join them, you know, you're talking to me like that, you know, and I, I often said this and I mean it with everything in my heart. There is only room for one female every marriage. Some men need to hear that three times. There's only room for one female in every marriage. You can't have, I can't have a guy whose wife is having a chemical imbalance. You don't have a chemical imbalance. You got a bad attitude. And there's some men that do this, so I'm saying it, that come out of this season worse for the wear. I'm just saying, husbands, that's your chance. That's a great opportunity. She's not her best person right now. Oh, This going to happen on a regular interval, so get good at it. I know it's about that time. I, you need to know what to stock up on and what she needs and all that kind of stuff. 
that's loving her, you know, in difficulty. When you come out of it, you realize, you know, they realize, wow, I've really been something else. And you'll look back and say, wow, he just loved me. Through. Oh, man. That's a good marriage. Now, now, now y'all can have a good old time. It's the, you know, things can get real good, you know. But if you've been a female widow, you know, good luck. So husbands love your wives, right? And again, what kind of love is it? It is agape love. And so husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I'm going to stop there. Everybody turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're actually going to start in chapter 2 and then we're going to read something in chapter 3 toward the wife and toward the husband. But I love the, the arrangement of this in 1 Peter. So everybody turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Verses 1 through 6 are directed to the wife. Verse 7 is directed to the husband. The section on the, the wives begins with, you know, wives likewise. And it points you back to a section of chapter 2. I want to read something to you guys from 1 Peter chapter 2 that Jesus is pointing back to and saying, this is the, I've laid an example for you guys. Anybody here struggling in your marriage, having a hard time with your spouse? I want you to hear the words of Christ here. And look at how he relates it to the marriage relationship. So I'm going to start in 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 18. He says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it? If when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called because, here's the example, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband's that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Let me stop right there. Jesus goes back and he's talking to servants. He's talking to those that are in submitted relationships. And this is not like African black slavery. This is this could be like your employee employer relationship. This, there was also forms of slavery and servitude that people got into. because They had bad credit, so forth and so on. But if you were in a role, he says, submit to those that are over you, the good and the bad. And he says, because Christ has left you an example. And he goes and tells us all that Christ did, how he suffered for you, how he did no wrong, yet he took the suffering, how he did these things for your benefit. And he walks through all that. He says, wise, likewise, like what? Like that. Right. So wife may be saying, why my husband didn't do he's not doing wives, likewise, like that. Likewise, like like the example I just gave you. Christ is your example, wives and husbands. Like that example, why would you be submissive to your own husband? He gives a very specific scenario that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. And so if you have a husband who for some reason is not obeying the word, maybe because he's not a Christian, maybe your wife 
that married someone, then you got saved, but they didn't get saved. So he's not a Christian. You're married to a non-believer. That even if some do not obey the word, that they may be won by your conduct. God says your godly conduct can win him over. As they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. been listening to another edition of a transforming word with pastor bill buffington of calvary chapel inglewood thanks for tuning in the book of ephesians is full of relevant content that can be applied to us today one of the biggest themes throughout paul's new testament letter is unity we live in a culture that seems to love to disagree but the bible is very clear about seeking unity even when you disagree Of course, this isn't always easy, but unity is a big part of who God is and what he desires for you. So the next time you disagree with someone, don't see them as an enemy. See them as a brother or sister in Christ and ask the Lord to soften your heart for that person. If you're struggling with this in your life, feel free to text or call us and we'll be more happy to pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, the number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit us in person, we stream our services online. For more information such as directions and links to media pages, just visit calvaryinglewood.org. Again, that website was calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians, and you won't want to miss it. So be sure to join us next time, right here on A Transforming Word.